Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this week, our guest is Bob Lloyd, and Bob is an attorney with Brown & Brown. Welcome, Bob. Thank you very much, Gary. So, Bob, tell, tell us your story and kind of how you got started um, in the legal and, and, and insurance industry. Sure. Um, well, I, kind of a circuitous route, um, you know, as many people have said over the years, um, you don't start off graduating from college or uh, high school and saying, gosh, I want to be an insurance professional. But, uh, you know, here here I am 25 years later. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I started, in, I guess, when I was in eighth grade, I put down in my yearbook uh, that I wanted to be a, an attorney. And so eh, that's, you know, doctor, lawyer, whatever, right. you know, people figure those things out early on. Um, when I graduated from law school, I had the opportunity to um, work for insurance companies and insurance brokerages, um, particularly Brown and Brown. And had the great fortune of coming back from law school and coming back to my hometown. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a rare thing in Florida. We often have people that graduate from high school and never look back. Um, right. And I've had a, a long career of 33 years in my hometown. So I started working for uh, a law firm in, in private practice uh, doing litigation, uh, commercial litigation. And then um, as I started working closer with Brown and Brown, I joined in 1999 and um, continued for a long period of time. I actually hung up my spurs from a legal standpoint and I worked as an insurance agent, uh, got licensed in Florida and um, sold insurance and um, worked in the leadership uh, in the sales office in Daytona Beach uh, at the headquarters of the company. And uh, then uh, about three years into my tenure, I went back onto the legal side, but um, that experience uh, can't be replaced. It gave me a perspective both on the sales and service side of the insurance business uh, as a licensed insurance agent and also as a licensed attorney and, um, you know, sort of my risk averse tendencies as an attorney. So I got a little bit of that perspective, you know, from both vantage points, and um, that helped me for the last 25 years. And I have recently um, uh, departed from Brown and Brown, and so uh, I'm in sort of a new stage in my career, looking for uh, the next opportunity, and sort of look at the last 25 years and see how that parlays into risk management, consulting, and legal advice uh, on the go forward. Gotcha. So, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, the risk management. Can, can you tell us what risk, risk management is? Because, you know, you, you hear the, that, that term thrown around a lot and risk mitigation and risk management, things like that. Um, can you can you tell our, our listeners what uh, what that really means? Yeah, I think when we talk about risk in business, uh, particularly, I mean, all 
business, there's risk. And if you're not taking risks, if you're not recognizing those risks, uh, then you're not going to be in business long. And I, I think it's important when we talk about risk management, it isn't some kind of uh, mysterious um, or, um, you know, very uh, arcane or academic discussion. It's basically, you know, looking at things that could affect your business um, and, you know, what could cause your business to be impaired substantially or uh, put you out of business. And, you know, what are those risks? How do you evaluate those risks and what do you do with those risks? And so I often talk about it like, you know, this isn't about selling insurance. This isn't about all about risk transfer and how to hustle sales and in, in, um, in insurance and how to seed that risk to some other party, an insurance company or risk bearer. Um, oftentimes risk management is about looking at different risks and deciding which risks are going to be retained and how you're going to manage those risks without insurance involved um, and uh, which risks you're looking at to say, look, I, you know, I can't afford uh, to retain that risk. If, if something went wrong, if this situation occurred, um, it would be, you know, kind of a, an extinction event. And so therefore I'm going to look at it an insurance product um, as a way to mitigate or manage that risk. So risk management really is the way we look at these different risks that affect our businesses and decide, you know, which are we going to keep and which are we going to pass on to someone else? Right. So what, what are some of the, the risks that you would insure for? So, you know, those, those types of risks that you look at, you look at the ones that are the most um uh, significant from a business standpoint, you know, which are going to put you out of business and how do you deal with those? And so, for instance, I mean, you start with if you're a solo practitioner um, or you're a small uh, business and you are dependent on key people, let's say you're in a consulting business, um, you would look at that business and say, well, you've got payroll, you've got people that are depending on you. Um, Maybe life insurance is one of the uh, uh, key things to have. So key person life insurance uh, for somebody in that perspective. Or um, you have a you you produce products and you have a business location and all of your your operations are located at that principal place of business. Um, you know the simple things. You know what it really you know from the very beginnings of insurance uh, in the U.S. particularly fire might be, you know, a fire that right. burns down your business will put you out. You're done, um, you know, uh, but there are so many different kinds of perils out there. You got to identify what those perils are and what would happen if you had that type of loss to your business and your ability to continue on uh, in your operations. So that's kind of what we look at. You know, you look at the peril, um, you you estimate the probability uh, and the severity of the loss that could occur. And then you decide whether you would insure for that, whether you want to cede that risk uh, to a risk bearer instead of retaining it. What are some some of the risks that you would say that are, are for a business owner that typically you wouldn't insure for that as a business owner, you would take that responsibility? 
Well, um, you know, some of those risks might have to do with, uh, for instance, business locations. If you're, for instance, you you work in remote locations and are, are really not dependent on a physical office space. Um, and we learned a lot during the pandemic, um, right. you know, that, uh, for instance, uh, pandemic exposure is, is was typically uh, not insurable. And a lot of business owners found out the hard way uh, when the pandemic uh, descended upon them that they were not able to insure for the losses um, associated with the pandemic. Um, but many business owners understood that and knew about that and frankly uh, thrived during the pandemic because they had built a business model that retained uh, that risk for the pandemic and they worked around it through technology or through other means so that their business could continue to operate um, similar to yours, Gary. I mean, when we talk about this podcast, uh, it's a great idea of continuing in your business um, and not letting the pandemic put you out and, and you know, operating in a model that uh, didn't accommodate for that kind, kind of risk. Yeah. In your experience um, over the years, what are some, um, I'm, I'm going to say, mistakes that the business owners have made um, when they haven't, you know, really managed that risk or didn't insure things that they should have insured um, instead of taking the risk all on their own? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times uh, business owners, um, they're focused so much on the premium, the cost of, <laughs> of the insurance. Um, instead of focusing on uh, what the coverage is that they're procuring and what the potential risk is that they're mitigating. Um, and, you know, if it, you know, how, how much is, it's a difference between cost and value. Right. So uh, you look at a premium and you say, well, it costs too much. Um, well, what is the value of that premium that you're paying? Because if it's protecting um, the business from an extinction event uh, in the event of apparel, uh, then, you know, the value is is there. You know, it's just, hey, look, that's what you have to do. It's sort of like, uh, you know, you don't just say, well, I disagree with paying taxes, so I'm not going to pay taxes. I mean, the exposure is too great. Yeah. Um, and it's you, you really just have to look at it that way. So, you know, I'll give you an example. Some uh, businesses in, in particular in the property field, uh, they'll insure for their building and they'll pay their property insurance for the location and everything else. But they don't think about uh, business interruption uh, and extra expense, for instance, if they had a loss and were not able to operate for a period of time because of the loss. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, how do you make payroll? How do you keep your employees? Um, how do you, you know, keep the business operating while you're being repaired in the event of a loss? So, you know, we've had these exper uh, experiences out there and uh, I could give a couple of stories, but, you know, um, one where a manufacturing facility was destroyed in an explosion of fire and, uh, you know, they were out, you know, they recovered, you know, uh, in excess of, of six million dollars for the repair of the business. But what was it going to take when they don't have business interruption coverage, business income 
and extra expense coverage to keep their employees, to make payroll, to operate the business while it is being literally repaired from the ground up. And so, you know, that's a real life example of a coverage that oftentimes businesses don't think about. You know, they're covered for the fire or they're covered for the windstorm or they're covered for whatever it might be out there, these perils that are identifiable and understandable. It's these intangibles sometimes they just don't think about. Like you're expecting that right hook and then you get the left uppercut. And, you know, it's making sure that you kind of evaluated all of that. Like what if scenarios go through a tabletop exercise and talk to your team about, you know, have we thought about this the right way? And amazingly, you will get sort of scenarios that, huh, you know, they scratch your head and say, I didn't think about that. It's like people who buy the windstorm coverage. And so they feel like they're all set, you know, for the wind exposure that might come in with a hurricane. And then guess what? They don't buy flood coverage. And so when they get a flood issue, they were like, gosh, didn't see that one coming. You never want to be in that position as a business owner where you just said, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, talking about the pandemic, I mean, that that's one that, that, you know, insurance didn't cover. I mean, unless you had your, your own, you know, captive insurance company or a special policy type thing that wasn't covered. What did you see, or what do you see coming in the future from a, from the, the insurance world side of things on this? Because, you know, yes, we had PPP loans and there were some other grants and stuff like that, but some people didn't qualify because their income wasn't down enough, but, you know, they still were, were majorly affected, you know, by this, you know, so, I mean, do you see there in the insurance world, you see that there's going to be some type of a policy that's going to cover that type of thing going forward? You know, I don't know whether we'll see that. Actually, this test, it was, you know, a great, I think, test during the pandemic. And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't work for a lot of businesses. This was a terrible thing, you know, and it was a surprise to them that all of a sudden they don't have coverage for this pandemic exposure. But, you know, I can't remember the exact year, but when the SARS issue arose and that was when insurers really started to figure out it, it was a peril that you probably could not pay enough premium to cover the exposure. And so from an underwriting standpoint, it became untenable. And so, you know, it's, it's similar to what happened after 9-11, where the government had to step in and provide a solution through the, through TRIA. And, you know, when you look at the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act, it basically replaced private available insurance with a public solution because the exposure was just too great. Right. And so, you know, you look at the pandemic and what happened there, the exclusions were put in policies for a number of years. And so they've been in policies well before the COVID-19 pandemic. And so what happened in, you know, of course, as these things go, usually they all get tested in court. 
Um, and the large majority of the cases all across the country, you know, basically upheld the exclusions of coverage. And so they were clearly disclosed and this is what's happening. So where are we now? Can we uh, reasonably expect another pandemic event in the future? And I think the answer is, you know, well, history has, if history is prologue, we will have another event uh, at some point in the future. And, you know, I think um, if there's going to be a solution, it's going to end up being a public private solution. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that you're going to see the industry jumping in, especially after the experience with COVID-19, um, to provide a private sector solution for uh, pandemic risk. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, again, ev- you know, everybody wants to blame everybody else. Um, and, and I think that that's one of those things where, you know, you talk about, you know, as a business owner, OK, we need to decide what risk are we willing to take? And what do we want to ensure so somebody else has taken that risk for us? That's um, right. You, know, you talked about sitting down with your you know, with your team of people to uh, talk about, hey, where 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 are we maybe have some shortfalls and stuff like that? I mean, there's certain things um, that you're by law, you're required to have workman's comp insurance and things like that. But there's stuff that you're not required by law to have. Um, and I think those are the things that you're talking about. Hey, these are the things that we need to decide if we want to take that risk or not. Um, when we sit down with our team and come up with, hey, here's our list of things that, that we're worried about. Um, do you then suggest to sit down with your insurance agent to talk about those things to see if they are insurable? A- absolutely, yes. I mean, I think it's it's helpful to have those conversations and uh, don't don't treat the insurance process tr- treat it like holistically for your business. Don't treat it like uh, you know you're gonna go to the drive-through window and right. and buy your insurance products once a year and forget about them uh, until you know the loss event occurs. Um, and so use uh, use your insurance agent as an opportunity to bounce ideas to think about risk. Um, to talk about it, not necessarily the product. Um, you know, the product may be part of the solution, uh, but talk about risk in, in the business and what potential uh, insurance products might be out there that would help uh, mitigate those risks and whether it makes sense to retain those risks. Um, and so a lot of times it's a balance of both. So we look at deductibles and self-insured retentions as a way of balancing that. So you can balance the premium uh, by retaining more of the risk. You know, you might not be able to handle a $500,000 loss, uh, but you could certainly handle uh, maybe a $5,000 retention, self-insured retention, or even a million dollar self-insured retention. If your business can handle uh, certain types of things, it's a toggling of what you're going to retain versus what you're going to see. And I think your agent or broker should be your trusted advisor in helping you uh, work through that. And I'll give you an example through the pandemic, you know, where I think it takes that kind of tabletop uh, discussion, really looking at things um, and, and looking at the perils that affect businesses. So, you know, I just mentioned an example where a lot of businesses uh, 
got technology platforms to make sure that they didn't have physical locations that would be damaged from the pandemic risk. Right. And so they mitigated their risk by changing their business model. Uh, maybe it was hybrid, maybe it was full-time work from work remotely, um, you know, but whatever. And so maybe that reduced their property uh, exposure. So all of a sudden their property uh, the peril of, of of losses from property decreased substantially because they were able to do these things remotely uh, in their business. Um, there's a, another risk, though. If you're becoming that dependent on technology, have you thought about cyber liability yep. coverage? So what happens if your business all of a sudden got hacked uh, and you had ransomware uh, on your system and it shuts down your technology solution that saved you from this other uh, property risk. Uh, you know, so it's sort of looking at where the business is going and what you're dependent on as a business to operate and looking at if there are, are certain insurance products that can help uh, mitigate that kind of exposure. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that that's something that that's you know super important um, with everything that's going going that's happening now with the cyber crimes and stuff like that. I mean, because you have the, these big billion dollar companies that are being hacked, you think that you know somebody a small guy can't be hacked too, and depending on the information you have, and sometimes it's just somebody that's out there that's just trying to dig through stuff and, and they find you and, and okay, Hey, I can make a little bit of money off of this. Um, I think that going back um, and talking with your agent and stuff like that, I don't want to necessarily call it an audit, but kind of auditing my policies to make sure that do I really truly have the coverage that I think I have? Cause I think sometimes you know, and even going back to, you know, homeowners policies and stuff like that, you think, oh, I have, you know, sewer backup and flood and all this stuff. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. Um, how, how do you feel, you know, how often should somebody sit down with their, their agent to kind of go through this process with them? Well, I, I think from a business standpoint, and it might be different from a homeowner's perspective, uh, personal lines versus, um, uh, you know, looking at business insurance. But I think, you know, from a risk management perspective, I think it should be a regular um, event. And I, I, I might be pushing it a little bit because of my background and right. Um, I, I think it's an ongoing process. And so, you know, at, at least monthly from uh, my perspective is the way that we look at it. Um, but, you know, perhaps more realistically for most businesses, it's quarterly. Um, but look at your quarterly results. Um, look at where you're going. Look at, you know, warning signs out there. And so, you know, it's it's those kinds of things that um, you know, look at what's happening, pay attention to what's happening in the news and ask yourself if this risk affected my business or my location, geographic location, um, how would it, how would we be able to respond? Uh, would we have the right types of coverage in place? And too often it's sort of like visiting the dentist. Nobody looks forward to it, you know? And so you're trying to convince people to sit down with their agent and discuss risk and you know their exposures and a lot of people it's like look 
I just don't want to deal with it until I absolutely have to. It's sort of this, this compulsory um, purchasing uh, process that they have to go through. And, you know, they really, they put it off as long as they can and go through the processing, you know, uh, hold their nose, cut the check for the premium, and then forget about it. And I think that's a dangerous uh, way to handle insurance for your business. Um, you know, it's it's really, you know, uh, the rubber meets the road when you have a loss. Yeah. And so, you know, nobody really wants to talk about insurance until, yeah, they have that loss. And then all of a sudden it's right in front of them. Um, and you never want to have those white knuckle moments where you're just uh, I hope that coverage works the way I think it's supposed to work. Right. Um, you know, it's best to have those dis those discussions in advance. And again, you know, call your agent. And uh, it's not just at renewal time. It's uh, throughout the year. And if you have a question, call, um, make sure you understand those risks and how your insurance is going to respond and not just at the time of loss. Yeah, I think that I think lots of, you know, you talk about, you know, the cost of premiums and stuff like that. And I think it's it kind of goes across the board. I mean, I, I run into that many times with with our fees of what we're charging, you know, somebody. And, and I try to explain to them, it's like, look, this is an investment that you're making in your business. You need to look at this more, not as so much as as an expense, but look at it more as, OK, this is a almost like an asset that that I'm buying. And that it's going to make sure that that I don't have that big substantial financial loss um, that I would have if if I wasn't um, wasn't insured properly. Exactly right. I mean, it's 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 uh, you know again, you pay now or pay later. How much are you investing in your time and your blood, sweat, and tears um, in uh, in your business to develop it and grow it and uh, you deal with the day-to-day -day operational issues and, and, you know, it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's frustrating. Um, how much are you willing to spend uh, to protect that from just evaporating? Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, and it's really, that's, uh, we are as a nation, uh, the U S is the most insured um, uh, economy uh, in the world. And, you know, when we look at that, uh, that's, you know, it's, a, again, a testament to the fact that we're building something substantial. We're building it for the long haul. Um, and that's why, you know, people have faith in the U.S. economy. Um, so, hey, it's been a rough go here. Um, but inflationary pressures, all the things that are happening in the macro economy, uh, don't let that affect, you know, what you're willing to do to protect your business um, for the long haul as well. You know, so it's not just an annual um, conversation um, is this is a you know it's a multi-year thing and so at least once a year at renewal or otherwise you know take that assessment of the potential perils what kinds of risks are out there that would be uh, extinction events um, you know some that might be uh, moderately um, impactful you know, so they'd be harmful, but, you know, not an extinction event. Uh, and then, you know, what ones are inhibiting, you know, would, would sort of trip you up, but but not really cause you a substantial loss. And then you kind of pick which you're going to retain and which you're going to insure. 
um, which are, you know, mandated by the government, like workers' compensation coverage, and which are, um, you know, again, optional, um, and whether you want to retain some of that risk or or cede it to a risk uh, a risk bearer. Right. And I think it's important also, you know, as you're going through this process, like you're saying, even if it's only annually, but, you know, you're, as your business grows, you know, the amount of coverage that you need to have may go up also. And if you're just, you know, signing, you know, signing the, the, the check and sending that in when you get your renewal, you may be underinsured also. Exactly. And again, it's that horrifying discussion that you're going to have at the time of loss uh, where you're trying to figure out uh, all of a sudden co-insurance penalties, um, things that uh, creep up maybe in a policy that you really didn't pay attention to at the time you bound the policy. Um, and at time of loss, it's too late. And so many of us here in Florida, and uh, I am uh, included in this discussion, um, you know, uh, when the the storm is in the box yeah. and uh, it's rolling towards Florida. That's not the time to get out the homeowner's <laughs> policy and start looking through to see if you've got all the things that you think right. are covered uh, in there. And, um, you know, I'll tell you from a homeowner's perspective, uh, uh, how many of us uh, take a photograph or, you know, some kind of yeah. record of personal property um, in your home? And you accumulate artwork or you accumulate jewelry or you accumulate uh, a lot of, you know, things over the years and you haven't updated your personal property schedules and your homeowners. And it's like you just you don't think about it. You don't want to think about it. Um, and then when there's that storm rolling in, uh, everybody's thinking about it and you're grabbing a couple of things to take with you your phone charger, your your pets, whatever, and your right. homeowner's insurance policy and hoping uh, that it covers everything that, that might be exposed to loss. Right, right. So, Bob, we've covered covered a lot of stuff. I think that I think that the listeners um, are going to get a lot out of this um, and, and looking at it from a business perspective. What have I not asked you that you wish I had? Wow, good, good question. Um, you know, I I think that's I think that uh, you touched on one thing and it's like, when do you get involved with your insurance agent or professional? I think, you know, as, as a, a lawyer, uh, as an insurance agent, um, I think sometimes as kind of like a doctor, you, you only go to them when you really need them. Right. Um, and uh, remember, if you're paying your premiums every year and you've got a trusted relationship with that lawyer or uh, that insurance agent, you know, go to them and seek the advice and not just at time of loss or, you know, for an insurance agent at the time of renewal, um, really lean on your trusted advisors, you know, to help you through these uh, kinds of questions, especially in the commercial and business context. Um, I, I think that's critically important and, um, don't, don't just, uh, uh, don't go to them when you're just, just when you're running a fever. Right. Um, you know, I think that's an important uh, point to make. I think, you know, that's a great point there. Um, you know, we 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 always preach, you know, you got to have the right team for the right plan and to build your your team of professionals 
that you have that you talk to on a regular basis, being your attorney, your insurance broker, your CPA, um, you know, your financial advisor, your retirement specialist, and and on and on. Um, but you have to build that team of people to be able to talk um, it, and also let them talk to each other um, to be able to make sure because sometimes, you know, I may from the tax side of things, I may think of something from a business standpoint that, hey, if you lose this, you're going to, you know, you got that one big customer that you 75% of your business is with. And what happens if they go out of business or you lose the contract with them? That's not insured. What do you, you know, what do you need to do? And then talk to the broker about, okay, how can we get this covered? Um, so I think that that's why it's so important to, to, you know, when you're saying team, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, not just your internal team, but your external team of advisors also. Absolutely right. You know, and we, we've always joked about, you know, they've got, I got an app for that. Right. Uh, you know, when we talk about uh, our smartphones and uh, there's an app for that, um, you know, you'd be surprised at how many insurance products are out there to, uh, to cover certain exposures um, that, you know, many business owners don't even think there's coverage for that. And, right. you know, guess what? Yeah, there's, there's a, there's a product for that. There's an app for that. Um, right. And so, you know, let's figure out how to make those solutions and take a little bit of that burden and that give you a little bit of call it sleep at night insurance. Uh, you know, your ability to rest and and understand that your assets are protected and your business is is safe. Right. So, Bob, if people like what they hear and they want to talk to you more, maybe they have an issue um, that they have going on. Um, or, or they want to just talk more about, you know, the, the risk management side of things, how can they reach out to you? Uh, well, I'd say the, the best way is to, to find me on LinkedIn. I've got a, a pretty active, uh, profile on LinkedIn. Um, uh, look for me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way to start, um, at this, at this point. Um, and so I'm, while I'm kind of in transition with, um, uh, my uh, career at Brown and Brown and what's next. Um, I'd say find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm very active there. I post a, a, a ton of material and would be happy to follow up with anyone who has any kind of inquiries uh, through LinkedIn. Okay, great. I really pre appreciate your time. Um, I know I've learned a lot today um, from our discussion. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right. This week, our guest was Bob Lloyd, and he is a risk management specialist and an attorney. I will see you guys next week. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon bestselling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.